We're going to talk about defunding the police. This Joe Rogan podcast with Nancy Panza. I think that's how I say her name. My thoughts on some of these things. Where I think the actual root issue is outside of the previous video, which is about police culture and, you know, being contaminated. We're going to talk about specifically about defending, defunding the police, where I think the root of the issue is, and maybe some of the middle ground. So we'll see. Here we go. Bruce Every time I'm with you, yo, it's something else. It's a fact, it's a fact, and it's nothing else. Got your hand out, you don't even need to help. Oh, I don't need nothing else. Every time I'm with you, yo, it's something else. It's a fact, it's a fact, and it's nothing else. Got your hand out, you don't even need to help. Oh, that's right. I don't need nothing else. What's going on? It's Roos Long with KingsDreamENT.com. This channel exists to encourage, empower, inspire you to live God's dream for your life. That looks all kinds of different ways, but it's home for the outlier, those who defy the odds, the politically agnostic, to better understand each other, problems in the world, what our contributions could be, and how to ultimately experience God's best for your life, for your relationships with your friends, those people you may disagree with, so on and so forth. So defunding the police, it's been highly politicized. Everybody's talking about it. We're going to get into it right here. But before I get into that, if you're watching this live, even if you're watching a replay, but specifically if you're watching this live, give this video a quick thumbs up. Let me know where you're watching this from. Make sure you subscribe, turn the notification button on. It's my second time going live today. Uh, I want to make sure that you guys can catch them and come hang with me live, man, because they're a lot of fun. I'm going to be doing a lot more videos. And also, shout out, big shout out, big shout out to all the people now finally listening to on Anchor and the podcast app. Glad you guys are there. You guys could go listen to the audio of these if you want to. I'm dropping them daily. All that good stuff. Now, now, my name is Ruslan. I am a hip-hop artist, creative entrepreneur. Some of you guys know me. Some of you may not know me. Some people... Uh, Say I got some cool ideas and critical views. Not critical views, but I'm a critical thinker with some critical views, I guess. You guys can follow me on Instagram, KD, all that kind of stuff. Let's get right into the video. Again, big shout out to everybody watching this live. Like it. Real fast. Like it. If you're watching this on Facebook, Periscope, Twitch, I see you as well. All right. So let's get into this. Now, Joe Rogan had Nancy Panza on. This is my second part reacting to this long-form interview. Go watch it. Nancy Panza, I hope I'm saying that right, is a police psychologist. She is basically the last person that police sees, an aspiring police officer sees in the process, the year-long process to become a police officer. She does the final psych eval. She's who police go to when they have traumatic events or they have to discharge their weapon. She has some wild, interesting views. This is overall, this episode was overall a pro-police episode, and I actually walked away learning a whole lot, okay? I learned a whole lot, and I'm glad I checked this out, and I think you guys should all check this out, but I think there's some really interesting views here, and I think I actually got to the root of some of this outside of the cultural piece, right? The cultural piece is something totally different. Go watch my previous video. It came out earlier. It's talking about police culture, being contaminated and protected by police unions and the current crazy scandal that just came out of Los Angeles Sheriff's Department where there was a whistleblower who called out a racist police gang in the Compton precinct. Crazy. Previous video. Y'all should watch that. 
this video, we're going to be specifically talking about defunding the police. So it, it's not that I'm brushing over the racial element. I just made a whole racial video about this a couple hours ago. I just want to specifically focus on defunding the police. Okay, so that if you guys are wondering what's going on, that is why. Let's check this out. It's Joe Rogan, uh, very anti-defunding the police, with Nancy Panza, who is also very pro-police, but kind of has some different views. Now, check this out. I don't say different, but just check it out. Yeah. And it's, again, it's it's weaponized. It's this thing that they're using now to push a political agenda, to to align themselves with people, you know, so that it, it helps them get reelected. It helps them. And yeah, the, listen, guys, the defunding the police, you're definitely going to see this more and more and more weaponized, uh, more not weaponized, but like politicized. Right. Like this is going to be what people are campaigning for. And that's unfortunate because there's actual things here that need to be fixed. So this is Joe Rogan's point of view. I would agree with him in this regard. Let's keep watching. You gain power with their constituents. It's, it's so dangerous, and it's such a weird thing to hear coming out of mainstream politicians' mouths that we need yeah. to defund the police. I'm like, you guys are crazy. Yeah. So, there's, by the way, there's various views of defunding the police. There is one extreme view, which says abolish the police. That is a far-left liberal view. I disagree with that view. Nobody really knows what that view means. How are they going to be replaced? Not a whole lot of substance behind it okay then there's the i guess more not not as far radical view but there's more like that's like a weird utopian view but then there's like a hey let's abolish compromised police departments with a sketchy history and let's rebuild them you saw this happen in camden new jersey do your research to some interesting articles about camden new jersey what they did how they restructured their police basically fired everybody rehired like 90 percent of it uh, the county sheriff department took over. Crime went down. Murder went down. No issues. A success story for one of the models of defunding the police. Then there's this more view that we're more, I guess, more balanced view that we're going to get into right here. So let's check it out. I mean, when people talk about defunding along the lines of take some of that money and put it into communities, like that piece of it could be, if done well, beneficial. So she says, hey, but there are people who are saying, you know, quote, unquote, defunding the police. Take some of the money from the budgets. I looked up our budget here in San Diego and our police budget in the county of San Diego is half a billion dollars. Uh, for context, our school budget for the entire county of San Diego is about a billion dollars. Right. So the police budget is half as much as the school budget, whether that's a lot or not. I don't know. I don't, I, I can't, I can't, I can't help you gauge that. Right. But that is the budget here. So what she's saying is, Hey, some people are saying like defund in the sense that, you know, take some of the money and, and, and repurpose some of it. Right. Which is, that seems reasonable. So let's keep watching. Um, but why take it from the cops? I don't know that needs to necessarily take from the cops, but to take, to really pay more attention to our communities and what they're needing. Um, you know, the police over the last five decades have had to take on more and more and more jobs pay attention here watch this um, i mean a lot of people would say that the the key change came in like the, the 60s when deinstitutionalization happened from the mental hospital so it used to be if someone Woo, okay she brushed over this but she brushed over this right this is important this this point that we brushed they brushed over i think i think joe rogan points it out is one of the key roots to a lot of our social issues, a lot of our issues with police, a lot of our issues with school shootings, and our issues with homelessness, okay? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna unpack this for you guys, but just just keep watching this. Someone for a was second. mentally ill. They went to the hospital. Right. And they basically stayed there. Right. Sixties came. Deinstitutionalization. All those folks. Let's put them out in the community so they can return to their homes. I think it was let's, a lot of it during the Reagan administration. Right. Let's put money into community mental health. That didn't happen the way it was supposed to. So the the community mental health never got funded properly. And then all those folks who had mental illness did not get proper treatment. Went off meds. All sorts of Crime problems. Rises. And now yeah. who has to deal with? it yeah, police officers right so they became mental health clinicians social workers domestic violence you know all of that stuff so right if defunding the police means putting money into social services and, and helping these folks in a way that makes it so that the police officers don't have to do those jobs anymore I'm all right with that, and I think most of the cops are because I've spent half my career on this side of police psychology stuff training folks how to talk to people with mental illness so they don't end up shooting them, mm. right? Yeah, so, I think there certainly should be. Okay, so check this out. So check this out. This this is crazy. Now, uh, this is called, what they're referring to is the, uh, I think you say it, I mean, I'll just pull back up on the screen, the Lanterman Petrus Short Act under... Good old Ronald Reagan. Shout out to Ronald Reagan. You guys, a lot of y'all worship this man. A lot of y'all conservatives worship this man. Uh, <laughs> intended to be a good law. Check out what happened. And I'm going to connect this to school shootings and everything. Check this out. Regulates involuntary civil commitment to a mental health institution in the state of California. The act set the precedent for modern mental health commitment procedures in the United States. Commitment is when you take somebody and you put them into in, in, a, in a mental institute, right? You, you, you're committing somebody, right? Procedures in the United States. The bipartisan bill was co-authored by California State Assembly, blah, 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 and signed into law in 1967 by Governor Ronald Reagan. The act went into full effect on July 1st, 1972. Basically, what this says is you cannot, you cannot commit somebody to a mental institution who is not a threat to somebody else in a like violent threat to somebody else or a threat to themselves. What happened? 1971. Well, what happened after 1971? Well, a, a lot of things happened, right? And, and a lot of this is the core. Homelessness whoosh, spiked up because now you have all these people who are who are mentally ill who were before involuntarily committed to be in mental institutions. We said, as people, we decided, hey, that's not, that's not right. That's not humane, right? Which I, I, I would agree with. This, this, this solution didn't work. <laughs> you can't involuntarily mandate somebody to be in a mental health institution. They have to, if they're not a threat to themselves or, or a violent threat to somebody else, they have to willfully decide to go into a mental health institution, which most people who have mental health issues don't want to go to institutions, right? So, boom, homelessness, homelessness. Look at the rise of homelessness, right? Our economy grew, yet homelessness grew. How? Well, because these people who are mentally ill couldn't just get forced to go into mental institutions. So homelessness, boom, explodes, right? What else exploded after the early 70s? Mass shootings. Right. I remember when I first moved to America in the early 90s, the the phrase that was used a lot was going postal, going postal was a lot. A lot of people who worked in these high stress environments who had some inkling of mental issues would could, could get triggered and go postal mass shootings happen. Right. School shootings started happening. Right. What this is all on the other side of this. So you got homelessness, you got school shootings. You got drug use goes way up, 
right? Again, this is early 70s. This is not long ago. So here you have a law that is intended to help people, but actually completely started jacking up the fabric of our society because there was no other real alternative. If you're if you tell somebody that's mentally ill, hey, you don't have to go into a institution. You have to choose to get help. How many people who are mentally ill actually believe that they're mentally ill and actually think that they need help? Have you ever done? <laughs> I've tried to get my, I've tried to get family members into institutions to get help. I've tried to get family members to try medicine, right? I'm not talking like they're depressed. No, I'm talking like serious mental illness stuff. And they, they refuse to do it. The issue is most mentally ill people don't know or believe that they're mentally ill. It's a wild, crazy cycle. And some of them can function to certain degrees and are completely peaceful. And other ones could completely snap. So what happened? So now you got homelessness went up. School shootings went up. Police now have to play the role of mental health mediator, how to speak to these people, right? This is, this is a lot of this stuff started going uh, and becoming very problematic. Now, I looked up some statistics. This is from mentalillnesspolicy.org. Check it out. Out of the police calls that they get, police calls are getting that are coming in, 84% of the law enforcement respondents said there's been an increase in mentally ill population over the length of their career. 84% said there's been an increase, right? 63% of respondents reported the amount of time that their department spends on calls for service involving individuals with mental illness increased. An additional 17% reported that the time spent had substantially increased. Totaling 70% of respondents reporting an increase. 56 said the increased cause is due to the inability to refer mentally ill to treatments. And 61% said persons with mental illness are being released to the community. Ugh. I tried to find more stats about it. I couldn't. I read somewhere that upwards of 90% of the calls that are coming into police are dealing with mental health crisis, mental health-related issues, homelessness. That is a lot. Do we need militarized armed police to pull up on people who are dealing with a mental health crisis? This is where the defunding the police portion and the defunding the police argument starts to make sense, right? Because we're not talking abolishing the police that's stupid. I don't recommend that. What, who's what? What are we just all going to... You, you, you're going to abolish the police and you're going to say, hey, don't have guns, citizens? <laughs> what? It makes no sense, right? So, no. Abolishing police, stupid, right? Abolishing the police, restructuring the departments, having bigger people come in, retrain the police, rehire the police, right? Uh, what happened in Camden, New Jersey? You can look it up. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Taking some of the funds that go to tanks and militarization and all these other things and repurposing some of those funds to get more mental health trained police, to get more psychologists, to get more crisis intervention, to come with these police officers on these different runs. Oh, that sounds reasonable, right? That sounds So again, right, you see how politicized this is getting? The Republicans are going to say, Oh, law and order! You know what I mean? Defund the police! These people want anarchy! Ah, right? And then you got the liberals that are going to be like, No, we just all have to be in a utopian society and just, you know, just everybody's just going to be peaceful. And it's like, no, 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 no. We're going to have crime. We need police. And some of you guys, might, I might lose some of you guys. I think we need better and more police and we need to pay them more. Okay, that, that's my opinion. So let's keep watching this psychologist, police psychologist, and, and her thoughts on this stuff. If 
cops that are designated and, to know, deal with those specific found, type of situations. People have found amazing ways around it to work on it. We've developed what we call crisis intervention teams. You know, this came out of the 80s in Memphis that, you know, this CIT thing where we have cops and clinicians that go out together. But I don't know any clinician that wants to do that by themselves. So if they have cops and clinicians going out together. Oh, so if upwards of 90% of police calls, potentially, I, I, again, I haven't, I haven't looked and in, dug into the numbers, but hypothetically, let's just, let's just be conservative. Let's say 50% of calls into police that are coming in are mental health related issues. And we're saying, hey, you know what? Um, we're going to send police with clinicians, trained clinicians to go out there together. And we're going to take some of the funding for tanks and the funding for high caliber weapons and some of the, this funding that we don't really know, they're getting this at a, at a military surplus. And we're going to repopulate some of the funds to better, better, more de-escalation training. I think that's, I think that's fair. I think that's reasonable. Why would we, most police would say that's reasonable. You defund the police and everyone says, yeah, you know, if it's a domestic violence call, send a therapist out. Jesus Christ. I, well, I know because I work with cops that domestic violence calls are one of the most likely to end in violence. Yes. Right. I'm not going there. Right. And mo- I might go there if there's an armed person with me and mm-hmm. I'll try to, you know, to do. Right. But like as a team, but you're going to send me into a potentially violent, dangerous situation right. where you've got two Again, people. Go- it's, like, it's a utopian perspective s- on that- a very complicated problem. Yeah, it, it, exactly. It's a simple, well, we don't like what we have, so let's get rid of it. Yeah. And that's it's far too simplistic. Well, and you've got the evidence right so, now. I mean, this is a short term study in New yeah. York City. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and by the way, crime is up in New York City. Crime is up in Minneapolis. All you goofballs that think we should just completely abolish the police, whew, talk about a wild social experiment. You got, you got, you got to, you got to chill with the abolish, right? Because that's what they voted for in Minneapolis. They didn't vote. Shout out to you, Curtis Merce. Uh, they didn't vote to um, defund. They voted to abolish, and they're dealing with some wild stuff now with the. the Right. Like the crime is way up. You got a citizens banding together. This is not good stuff. This is not good stuff. But the majority of this can be traced back to this this act, this LP. What is it called? LPS Act that was passed. That goes back to how we started dealing with mental illness different intended to be well. But goodness gracious, uh, this is this is this 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 all culminated and in, in, this is where homelessness went up. This is where drug use went up. This right, this stuff happened after that. And there's no, I mean, is it humane to institutionalize somebody against their will if they're not a threat to themselves or others? Whew, that you get really into some really dicey uh, conversations about people's autonomy. And I don't know, I don't, I don't got the answer to that. I don't know what a reasonable solution is to that but i know goodness gracious they didn't they didn't it didn't work it didn't work trying to be more humane just drove all these other things up right it didn't work so um let me check out uh the homie says system and wages would be fine if we held a higher standard for the men and women who hold the job of public protection the man who killed george yeah yeah i know about that yep he had multiple things we live in a digital age every cop should have body camera amen i'm totally with body cams 100 percent Right, 100%. Now, uh, check out some of the other stuff she said, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, where is it? This is this part is interesting. Real quick. This is cool. You know, the other thing is firearms training. Obviously, it is super important if you're going to carry a weapon to be able to use it and to use it well. But it's also not 
something that you're going to encounter on a regular basis on the job. There are officers who go through their entire career without ever pulling a weapon. Mm. Well, that's great. Right? That is great. And when you do, it, it should be few and far between because there are other other ways to manage situations. There are, you know, that's lethal force. And then we've got a variety of, of you know, non-lethal force, whether it's something hand, you know, physical, hand, you know, hand-to-hand kind of thing, mm-hmm. or whether it's a taser or baton or whatever else they may be using or having on their, you know, their tool belt. So there are there are other options there. So hopefully, you know, that the continuum is is set from verbal de-escalation, communication. When that doesn't work and it's still a danger, then, you you know, there are certain criteria. And, and obviously officers are taught their continuum of force and what needs to be necessary to move up that level with deadly force, you know, or lethal force being the highest. So it, it's so rare that to me there's so... So just, so, yeah, just so you guys know, like, like... There are a lot of police officers that never discharge their weapon. So this isn't as common as we think it is, right? And again, to, to point to some of these statistics, like, it's not that common. But when it happens, it's 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 an overshoot, right? When an unjust shooting happens, it's, just, it's an overflow of some of these systems. Structure. She's saying that, like, this should be the last the last escalation of it, right? Um, you can't hear me? I think you got to unmute yourself, champ. So what I'm saying is, listen, what I'm saying is, listen, we have to approach this holistically, Right. We have to approach this holistically. We have to say, look, there's a wide spectrum of problems and sending psychologists and and, and clinicians to go with police to help deescalate, training them more in deescalation training. All of these things. I think we should train police more. Right. They 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 bring up Jocko, who said, like, when he was in the Navy SEALs, they spent 20 percent of their time training, 20 percent of the time training. And and that could be an application. Right. If 20 percent of your time is spent training as a police officer uh, in de-escalation, all these other things. Good stuff. Right. That comes before that, that if we're doing a good job, that almost is never an issue because these other tools work better. Wait Joe Rogan don't listen like that. She said, she, she said, escalation of force to violence or weapon is never an issue. Joe Rogan is so confused there. This is hilarious. Never an issue? Being having able to, to use shoot, a weapon? Having to shoot someone. Having to get to where you're breaking a strap and you're pulling your weapon and you're firing Breaking a strap. Someone. That should, I mean, that is a, that is the last, last, last. It doesn't happen on a daily basis. But isn't that entirely dependent it's, upon what where you're at? And what what kind of situation? I mean, he's so confused. He thought police just shot bad guys all the time. Have to pull their guns and have to use them. There are, but they're not as frequent. But they're happening every day. Probably somewhere. There's 300 million police interactions every day. There's a million uh, police interactions. uh, Excuse me, 300 million police interactions a year. One million interactions a day. We're just rounded up, right? Yes, somewhere somebody is pulling out a gun every day, but not every day in every officer's life. Right, but if it's you. If it's you, if you're you need that to officer, know. you got to be ready. Yes. Like this idea yes. that that's not important. It's it should be of critical importance. Not that it's not important, but that there are so many other things that need to also be in place. Yes. Because if these other skills are in place, right? If you are a master, you know they like to call verbal judo. If you can, if you can talk someone down, if you are a master at de-escalation. You are never going to need these other tools. Maybe not never, but yeah. you are very rarely going to need any. You know, the less the lethal. Woo! She said, maybe you know, maybe not never, but rarely. I, I mean, again, like here, here are the solutions. 
right? So when we're talking defunding the police, I am not with abolishing the police. I am not with paying police officers less. I am with maybe, yes, bringing, uh, you know, trained psychologists, training them better, more frequently, 20% more, training them to know how to deescalate these situations, right? All of these things are overall going to make the experience that we all have as not just black people or white people, we all have with police better if, hey, there's a call going out about this and boom, there's somebody, you know, there to help de-escalate. Or the police officer is trained in this, you know, she called it like verbal, what did she say? Verbal jiu-jitsu, right? She, you, can, you, can, you just know how to speak to people, right? And she, talk, she talks a lot about like communication, knowing how to communicate, right? All these different things. So anyway, I thought this was fascinating. I thought this conversation was fascinating. You guys should go watch it. Nancy Panza, this is like, if you really want to get to some of these roots, including the cultural racial side, you can. I made a whole video about that earlier. You guys can go check that out. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, we could check it out, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and look at it. And I think there's a lot there. And to her point, like not, this is a ton of police officers that never discharged their weapon ever. Right. I've known them. I've known a handful of them. Like I've, 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 you guys think I don't like police. I have a lot of friends that have been police officers or are police officers. Right. So we have these conversations. We have these frank conversations all the time. Let me know what y'all think about this video. Uh, video number two for the day. I think you guys will appreciate, um, hopefully this content if you do share it with somebody like this video subscribe turn the notification button on uh later today doing fan love friday and appreciate y'all rocking with us man shout out to the patreon community if you want to partner with us here at king's dream ent go check out the patreon it's super dope or consider signing up for a membership you know what i'm saying i think you guys will appreciate it and uh yeah thank y'all so much man god